Hi, I'm Sean, and welcome to the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I discuss all that's new and neat with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. Today on the show, I'm joined by Richard Hawkins, who is not only a master mouthpiece craftsman and professor of clarinet at the Oberlin Conservatory, but he's, of course, a veteran guest of the show, having been on, I think, at least once before, maybe twice. We discuss mouthpiece hygiene today, maintenance, and some surprising tips that will help you get the best performance and lifespan out of your mouthpiece products. If you'd like to hear more of what Hawkins has to say, be sure to tune in next week for more discussion about the new Vocalese mouthpiece series that he's worked on with Bakun. If you enjoy the show and want free episodes straight to your device, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get access to the extended ad-free version of today's episode and many others, and support the production of the show at the same time, you can become a patron for as little as $1 per month at clarinet.com slash subscribe. You can cancel anytime, there's no commitment for that, but I truly appreciate all 60 or so backers that we have in there right now. Thank you also, of course, to our sponsors for making the show possible. We've got Encoda, and it's a free app that lets you stream, practice, and perform tens of thousands of music scores. It's kind of like Netflix or Spotify, but for sheet music. You can get a free trial today. Just search for Encoda on your device's app store. That's N-K-O-D-A. Imagine a reed that offers complex performance and sound, but is washable, recyclable, consistent, doesn't require moistening, and lasts for months instead of days. It's all possible with Legere Reeds, the world's leading synthetic reed brand made right here in Canada. Legere Reeds are used exclusively by some of the world's greatest clarinetists, including Eddie Daniels, Crowdy Freddy, David Schifrin, and many others. And now, it's your turn. Experience Legere Reeds at your local music store, or by heading to Legere.com. That's L-E-G-E-R-E.com. Take your clarinet to the next level with a new mouthpiece, barrel, or bell from Bakun Musical Services. With 14-day trials, free shipping on eligible orders, and expert advice, you can be sure you're making the best choice for your musical needs. For Canadian customers, be sure to check out the new online store that allows you to pay in Canadian dollars. And for everyone else listening at home, I'm excited to announce that the coupon for Clarinet has actually expanded to clarinets as well. It used to just be for accessories, so if you'd like to purchase a new Bakun clarinet or accessory or anything at their online store, you can use code clarinet. Clarinet for 10% off at checkout. Again, that's code Clarinet at bakunmusical.com. Directly from Oberlin, Ohio today, we're back with Richard Hawkins. Richard, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Glad to be back. Last week, we were talking about some ways to keep your mouthpiece clean. And I think that it's important that clarinetists during this time, especially practice good hygiene. This is not meant to be medical advice. We're not doctors. I'm not a doctor, especially. <laughs> but I, I just want to kind of encourage people to Keep their mouthpiece clean. This is not a time to be sharing your equipment with friends. I think that, you know, that kind of common sense prevails. But, but let's go into some of the techniques that someone might use depending on the material of their mouthpiece or the substances they have available. One of the things that we used to use years ago um, to clean mouthpieces, especially the calcium and things like that off the mouthpieces, was a mixture of um, a type of muriatic acid, as they call it, which was something that they put into swimming pools and they use it for... Uh, cleaning paint brushes and such like this, and you would use it 50-50 with water and soak the mouthpiece up to the cork for, you know, approximately 30 minutes or so, and that would really clean the calcium. But in this particular instance, when we're just talking about cleaning the mouthpiece day to day, and you're trying to just keep it really clean and make sure you're not creating any problems for bacteria and things like that, I, I really suggest what everyone is talking about right now, just in the sense of your day-to-day washing your hands. And so it's basically the same. And I would recommend this to everyone. Just use hand soap and, you know, mild, cool to warm water. You don't want to go too hot. And that's 
pretty much for all mouthpieces across the board in, in materials. I would not suggest using any type of alcohol because it, it can change some of the properties of both hard rubber and any other materials that one is using nowadays in mouthpiece making. I, I think it's probably much safer to, to just use more warm water and hand soap, you know, maybe even the antibacterial soap, which I think people generally have in their homes, you know, and then you just dry it off with paper towels. I mean, one of the things that, you know, for many years, people would use a clarinet swab for the mouthpiece. And I think that's a bad idea. I think you don't really want to pull a clarinet swab through a mouthpiece because it, it starts to wear it out over time. And I've seen many cases of this over the years of just someone who's been constantly swabbing the mouthpiece. And I think that's probably not a way to go. Um, if that's the only way to go, then I would suggest that you pull it through only halfway and then pull it back through um, the same direction so you're, you're not pulling it all the way through the window of the mouthpiece. Be really, really aware of the end of the swab. If you've got a swab that has a metal piece that's uh, on the end, that's something to just be really careful of because that can scratch the internal walls of the mouthpiece and that can ch make changes. So you want to be really careful of that. But really, in, in very simple terms, I think one would just use antibacterial hand soap and you know wash it really well. You could use Q-tips. You could use soft brush of some sort. Um, toothbrush is probably not a good idea because they're usually too large to get into the space. But if you had a brush of that type that was plastic or silicone bristles or such like that, it could work fine. It's not a huge concern, but I think it's definitely something that one should do on a daily basis these days. And I think it's probably a good idea to also wipe down your clarinet, just in the sense of, of making sure you're not uh, carrying any bacteria through you know, your daily life and, and picking up the instrument. And then putting it in a case overnight and then the next day picking it up again. I think you should try to wipe it down. And, and you know, there's different methods of that. I, I think um, for the most part, you know, if you're using some sort of silver cleaner cloth or even just um, microfiber would be a great cleaner for the, for the sweat. Just make sure you're washing it in the washer and dryer. And that's something I always remind people too about their swabs. You know, that's something that you really need to make sure you do because... Days, weeks, months go by and you don't even think about washing your swab. But I think it's something that everyone needs to be doing to be, to be constantly. That's a really important piece of advice. And, you know, when we say washing these things, I think a big thing right now in the news, and again, this isn't meant to be medical advice. We're just having a discussion. But a big thing is preventing the spread of these things. So if you're keeping your hands clean, but then you touch your instrument or you touch your reed or your mouthpiece and you haven't washed your mouthpiece in three weeks, something could still be on there. And I think it's just advisable to keep it clean for the sake of trying not to spread this around. And I was going to ask you, because I've in the past been given advice or heard advice to clean mouthpieces with lemon juice and kind of sticking them in there to decalcify them. Do you think this is going to work or with, with rubber? Is this no longer a good idea as well? Or how, how would that be? Have you tried that? I think it depends on the concentration of it. I think lemon juice would be fine. You know, actually... If you're dealing with a lot of calcium, which some players do, I, you know, sometimes you see mouthpieces that come through that are just so incredibly covered with calcium that you're afraid to even work on them because when you clean them off, it's going to be a completely different mouthpiece. It's like over time, it starts to sort of find its way into a new dimensions and things like that because of calcium. And I guess I would say that lemon juice is good. I, I certainly have 
seen a lot of people use apple cider vinegar, you know, a 50-50 concentration with water. Yeah, I mean, I think those things would work fine. Um, I've seen products that were made in the past that have worked really well that people have suggested. And I guess one of the things I would just sort of in general avoid is any kind of alcohol products. Like alcohol, it's hard to know what it's going to do, depending on the kind of material you've got and what you're working with. But, you know, you generally wouldn't put your hand into, you know, a large Tupperware of, of alcohol. So I don't think you should put your mouthpiece into it either. It's hard to predict and it certainly can break things down in, in strange ways. So I, I, I guess I would just stay away from it totally. But I think a lot of other things. Apple cider vinegar is fine. Lemon juice is fine. I'm not sure I've ever seen lemon juice really work that well with calcium in one swipe. I think you have to sort of do it multiple times to kind of get each layer of calcium off of a mouthpiece. But as far as general cleaning, you know, again, going back to just how you would wash your hands, I think that that's the way to go. You know, and the reeds too. I mean, that that calls for cane and synthetics. I think cane reeds, you know, everybody knows that cane reeds are they just soak in everything into the cane itself. And over time, you know, people have used peroxide to clean reeds. And I think that works pretty well. You know, clean out the, the xylems, as they say. And, you know, synthetic reeds, I think, again, much like you would be washing your hands, I think antibacterial soap is good, cool to warm water. You don't want to put any sort of synthetic into hot, hot water. It's just going to melt. So you have to be careful of the temperature of the water, but anything that your hands can go into that's comfortable in, in the warmth of the water, I think is perfectly fine for synthetic reeds and the mouthpieces. Totally. And you know, it's like they say, I guess the an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. So I bet if you're washing your mouthpiece in soap and water a couple times a week or every day, I bet that prevents a lot of that calcium buildup, which then requires the use of stronger, harsher substances later, right? Right. Exactly right. Yes. No, calcium buildup is something that definitely takes time. Again, some players could play on a mouthpiece that's totally clean and after one day it can get calcium on it. Um, it just depends on the player. I think we all have different you know, amounts of that in our saliva. And it's crazy. I mean, seeing all the mouthpieces that I have over the years is refacing and things like this. From, I mean, even in my own huge collection of old stuff, hundreds, you know, like it's funny to see at least how much the mouthpieces have been played on as well as, you know, how clean the players were and things like that. It's sort of funny. The other thing, you know, going back to the swab idea, uh, being careful of that. Strangely enough, one of the most common markings in some of the vintage mouthpieces that we all see is a scratch that goes from the, the inside of the tip rail all the way down to the bottom part of the baffle. It's like one scratch that goes down the whole amount inside the mouthpiece and it is always is from a swab. Now there was a period of time that many people used these little um, mouthpiece savers, right? And they they had metal pins, you know, where they would wind the different um, pieces of cloth around it, and then you would put it in the mouthpiece and clean it out, and that sort of thing. It looked almost like a Christmas tree, right? And you'd stuff it inside. Right, exactly. The end of it sometimes would have this little plastic cap on it. And very, very often they would come off just from daily use and, and people would not notice because the amount of, of cloth or feathers that they had on them would cover it. And then they would put it in the mouthpiece and it would completely make this humongous scratch down the, <laughs> down the baffle of the mouthpiece. And it, it's really, really common in the vintage mouthpiece. 
sort of kind of amazing. It's really interesting. And, you know, it, it's made me think too, because someone can be really careful trying not to clean their mouthpiece with a swab and the Christmas tree thing or whatever. But then if they're too careful, then unfortunately you're going to have calcium buildup. So I guess that that good middle ground is just to keep it clean with, with this open water. It's it's hard to do it every day, but it's really not that surprising that one should consider doing it every day. I mean, I've I've thought about other things before, like you wouldn't drink from the same glass of water for five years. You know, you'd put it in the dishwasher once a day and rinse <laughs> right. it out in the sink. I mean, no person in their right mind. Don't put your mouth in <laughs> No, no, don't do that, of course. But, you know, I actually heard a story once someone put their saxophone in the in the dishwasher thinking they would clean it up. Wow, like the whole thing? The whole thing. It was a friend of mine, their student, they got a saxophone. That's great. We should recommend that to more people. We should recommend that to more sax players, is that we mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't go over well. I think that the instrument basically, like all the pads dissolved and uh, not a fun time, but you wouldn't be using the same water bottle for, for the length of time that your mouthpiece sits in your case. So why do you, why does a person do that? Yeah, it's definitely a forgotten step do and of course we all think of the instrument as an extension to our body but we actually we don't want it to be that close <laughs> yeah yeah totally so no i think this is really really good advice and worth considering and um a lot of people the temptation right now is probably to grab those lysol wipes or something like that and or hand sanitizer and just put it all over the edge or something but again it sounds like that's definitely the wrong idea as far as degrading the material long term yeah, I think I think it's smart not to even consider doing that just because, again, these are materials that we're all familiar with and we see different, especially over years, you know, certain things that change. And Although I, I have to say that, you know, some of the, the new materials that we're using at Bakun are just incredibly healthy and incredibly strong. And I still think for everyone that it's very important to treat it as if you're washing your hands. And it's an easy thing to remember that way. And that way you don't have to order special things to clean out. I mean, again, that, you know, if you're just looking around in the house and, you know, you've got some apple cider vinegar and certainly tap water and you just do 50-50, lots of that. And then you could soak the mouthpiece. I wouldn't do it up to the cork because sometimes that can start to hurt the, the actual glue that's underneath the cork. And that's one of the things that, of course, is one of the biggest pains about mouthpieces in general is just the fact that the cork starts to disintegrate over time just and compressing it all the time. So that's something you want to be careful of. Don't suck it all the way to the cork because whatever material or, or substance you use to clean it. I mean, I think it's fine under the, you know, running water in the sink and, and you're using hand soap. It's not going to affect the cork. It's going to be totally fine. Of course, uh, cork is a, a, a substance that resists water anyway, but it's, it's getting it underneath it that's sometimes a problem when the glue that's underneath the cork will start to disintegrate from you know, the elements, basically. So when you're rinsing it, it's okay to get the cork a little bit wet as long as you dry it immediately, you think? Oh, totally fine. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like a forgotten part for many people is that inside edge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about that exactly. And, and also one of the things that works really well to clean your corks. If you've got, you know, some hydrogen peroxide around, you can clean the corks really well, especially in the base climate when the silver starts to wipe off under the cork and it gets really dark and black looking, it's particularly great to use hydrogen peroxide or even um, mineral mineral oil works really well, which you can pretty much get in any drugstore. You mentioned that, you know, if people are swabbing too much or if there's calcium buildup, the mouthpiece dimensions will change over time. But 
one of the problems with a gradual change like that is it's kind of like thinking about on which day of going to the gym are your shoes considered worn out, you know, because you're going to get used to them getting crappier and crappier over time. Because this happened to me actually when I was in university, I, I was uh, negligent with one of my mouthpieces and it got to the point where after about 10 years of playing this mouthpiece, I just didn't feel right. And I had someone else play it, which, which at the time they were like, how can you even play on this? And I tried a new one of the same mouthpiece. And I was like, oh my God, I've just destroyed it through like scraping the ligature rails on there. And it had just been whacked around. That's a great point. One of the things that I, I see so often with anybody, really, you know, beginners through um, professionals is sometimes, you know, you're in a hurry and you've got two measures of rest and you were trying to pick up the clarinet and you, you know, you hit the tip of the mouthpiece with your teeth or something, you know, you hit it as you're about to play. And I mean, that happens to so many people, right? You don't even really notice it. And sometimes, you know, you'll put a little dent in the very edge of it. I would say most people, it's not going to be a huge effect, but if it's multiple times, you know, it's something that you've got to watch out for because it can start then affecting how the reed vibrates on the very tip of the mouthpiece. And then, you know, suddenly reeds feel a little buzzy or they start to just act funny in general and, or it might make it better. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you realize it and you get somebody to fix it and then it goes back to something else that's, you know, not what you wanted. I mean, there's so many different options in that. Um, definitely, you know, being really careful that you're playing, that you don't hit your teeth um, on the tip. And then, you know, ligature marks and things like that. You know, I always recommend it to everyone to take an old reed, a cane reed, and cut off the, the tip of it and then take the square edge and put it above the tip of the mouthpiece as you put your ligature on. So that if, for whatever reason some things happen and you know maybe your clarinet falls or the mouthpiece falls as you're you know, putting in the case or something or whatever if you have that on there it will protect the tip from being broken and or you know chipped or whatever i mean that's one thing that another daily exercise you could get into doing which becomes part of the, the routine that seems like a pain to do when you're doing it but after a while you just sort of get used to it and you keep you know, that reed in your case and every time you're putting it away, you just put on that reed and then with the ligature so that your the facing of the mouthpiece is, is protected as well as the tip of the mouth. So just to go back to explain that. So cutting off a reed towards the tip of the reed. So the mouthpiece can dry out, right? So it can air inside. Is that the purpose? Yeah. I quarter of an inch down the reed so that it's still really stiff, right? And then, and then you take that square edge and you put it above the tip of the mouthpiece and, and then tighten the ligature down and that way you're protecting the tip of the mouthpiece and then of course always use your mouthpiece cap just constantly it's like the number one thing just as much as you can just protect everything because it's no fun when something like that happens and also you've got to start over trying to find stuff that you like you know, everyone is is always adjusting and they get used to one thing and it's like it's happy time, right? And then, and then something happens like that, and it's like, oh no, you know, you got to restart the whole process and figure out what's good and what works for you and that sort of thing. So, always use a mouthpiece cap. It's really, really important. Well, if you haven't broken a mouthpiece yet, it will probably happen to you someday. I mean, I was in a concert once and I didn't have my cap on because I thought that I was paying attention, but someone else wasn't. Knocked my clarinet over, broke the mouthpiece. It was like a four hundred dollar mouthpiece at that point, and I was really upset and. It was a Sunday afternoon. I had a concert. I had to just make do and go buy some 
other mouthpiece for that time and it was uh not the best day <laughs> let's put it that way yeah no certainly i still get emails and calls from people who have sort of emergency things like this because it, it happens to, at some point to everybody it really does so we're going to dive more into your new line of mouthpieces, the Vocally CG from Bakun next time. But while we're talking about mouthpieces and materials and, you know, breakability, this is a new line that is looking kind of like Crystal, but it's not really Crystal. Before we kind of dive in for a full episode on these, would you sort of share some of your thoughts on that new material? Since probably about 1992 or something like that, I started thinking about kinds of materials and trying to find something that I thought would not replace, but at least become an important part of, you know, kind of mouthpieces and in, in addition to crystal, you know, and glass. And just because we had set up the, the original Vocalese uh, models, the RG and the H, you know, with CNC machining, you, you're able to really experiment with a lot of different things. And so it, sort of fell into my hands is like, hey, let's just, let's see what this is like. And boy, it was immediately like the first one that we got off the machine. It was something special, something special about the sound and the cover and the amount of flexibility that it has and the color of the sound. Something that immediately struck me was the evenness of sound from, from the low notes, especially up in the Altissimo of the Garnet. It, just doesn't change like I, that was something that sort of was remarkable immediately in the first one that i tried and it was really kind of like one of those moments where we just looked at each other and went oh wow you know like something really really interesting and i had been for years working with you know glass and crystal with a lot of clients um be facing mouthpieces and things like that and i know that from the density of that material that there is an attraction to a lot of players that it has a solidity about it that I think is really quite good. And of course, as we mentioned a little earlier, you know, at some point someone will drop something <laughs> when you play glass crystal, you know, that's a, even more of a, of a risk because things just start to crack and chip and like that really easily. And so another thing that I think is really interesting about it that I've discovered, and maybe you have playing it, Tom, is that, over the course of an hour of playing, it does not change in pitch level. Whereas hard rubber warms up and starts to get a little sharper. The CG does not do that. It really remains very constant pitch, which I think is an awesome thing about that. Start a concert, you know where your pitch is, and by the end of the concert, you know where your pitch is. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Uh, and hard rubber, you know, just in the sense of material itself, it, it warms up and it starts to get just a little bit sharper. That's really interesting, uh, something to investigate. Got the chance to try a practice session, check your pitch out throughout the whole thing. The clarinet, of course, by itself, it's going to get sharp. It's wood. But so you have a combination of that and hard rubber, it starts to get a little sharper. The CG uh, just holds its place really, really well. That's interesting because I, I know people think that they're they're getting fatigued and that they're biting when they get sharper after a couple hours of playing, but really you're you're saying it's probably the mouthpiece. Yeah, it's probably the hard rubber and or the the clarinet itself, of course, after twelve minutes gets sharper. So that's the problem with the A clarinet, right? You start a concert and the A clarinet's flat. Then you put it down 
after five minutes of playing and play their B flat, and then you come back to it again and it's flat. <laughs> well, I wonder if this makes this a really good pick for doublers or people in marching bands then, like they're out in the heat or... Oh, totally would be great for that because it's not going to adjust pitch. It's really a great thing about it. Well, Richard, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. If you're listening to this, we'll be taking a quick break, probably for five to seven days for the next episode to come out. But uh, in reality here, we're just going to take a couple minutes and then come back and talk more about mouthpiece design and these new interesting products, the Vocalese CG, which you've designed in tandem, not only with Bakun, but also with Corrado Giuffredi. So really interesting new mouthpiece. It looks like crystal, but it's not. So hopefully you'll tune back in next time if you found this episode interesting. If you're listening out there on Spotify or iTunes, and if you are listening on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe. I'm going to be doing a clarinet giveaway. Oops, I'm going to be doing a secret mystery box giveaway <laughs> and announcing what it is at 2,500 subscribers. Here's a hint. It's actually a clarinet. So go ahead and subscribe on the YouTube channel, and I will look forward to seeing you over there. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Clarinet Podcast. If you'd like to send me a guest suggestion, have some feedback, or just want to say hi, you can contact me at feedback at clarinet.com. I'm reaching the end of my in-the-can, so to speak, episodes that I have had uh, pre-recorded here, so I am looking to be recording some new episodes, hopefully over the summer and into the fall, so if you have any great ideas or you'd like to be a guest yourself, please don't hesitate to contact me. I do take the time to respond to every message that gets sent in. Again, that's feedback at clarinet.com. Also, if you listened all the way to the end of the show here, you are a true fan and you are awesome. Thank you so, so much. Uh, if you'd like to get access to extended versions of episodes just like this one, you can check that out at clarinet.com slash subscribe. We have over 60 people getting that edition of the show now and they also get access to an ad-free version. So it's extended, ad-free, and it's actually in a higher audio quality. So become a patron of the podcast at clarinet.com slash subscribe. It's not only our patrons we have to thank for the Clarinet podcast episode that you enjoyed today, it's also our sponsors. I'd like to thank Encoda, which is a new app that lets you stream, purchase, and perform tens of thousands of sheet music scores. It's kind of like Netflix or Spotify, but for sheet music. You can get a free trial today at Encoda.com. That's N-K-O-D-A dot com. Of course, you can save 10% on your next Bakun accessory purchase. That includes mouthpieces, barrels, bells, and more. You can shop now with code Clarinet at checkout at www.bakun.com musical.com or bakunmusical.ca for Canadian customers that's now in Canadian dollars. You'll also get a free Bakun mini bell keychain with your purchase throughout the month of June. Last but not least, we have Legere Reeds. Of course, these are also made in Canada. And I've been using these for a really long time, ever since back in the day, I think it was way back in like the early 2000s, uh, 2000 or 2001, when I was in marching band. I loved them back then for their durability and reliability and the fact that they don't dry out, but I love them even more today because they've come a long way and they're the perfect reed if you're a teacher, for example, you like to set down your clarinet for a long time, or a doubler, same thing. You can pick it up and sort of keep going no matter how long it's been sitting there. So try Legere Reads at your local music store, or you can head to www.legere.com. Thanks so much again for listening to the Clarinet Podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time for more of what's new and neat for clarinet with the news people in the industry on the Clarinet Podcast. Mm-hmm.